If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There you'll find the extensive research behind cocoa flavanols benefits and great recipes too. That's flavanaturals.com. flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're going to take a deep dive on hemp-derived products, specifically CBD. That's uh, short for cannabidiol. Uh, cannabidiol products are revolutionizing uh, the nutraceutical world. And we're going to talk to an expert. He's uh, Jesse Karagiannis, uh, Senior Vice President of Revenue Growth for CV Sciences, makers of my favorite version of hemp-derived products, Plus CBD Oil. Uh, you can find them at uh, pluscbdoil.com. Uh, and uh, you want to order, uh, we have a special offer, pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. You can use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's by the by. Uh, for the last eight years, Jesse has worked to bring the hemp industry, specifically hemp-derived CBD, to the forefront of the health and wellness industry. Which um, has been, there's been um, some headwinds on that because uh, for some people, this is a, a, no, a novel category. And he works across multiple channels to educate, market, and elucidate the viability, safety, and efficacy of hemp derived CBD. So, welcome, Jesse. Thanks very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. Yeah, thrilled to be on. Been listening to your show for years. Oh, great. And uh, finally, uh, I get my inaugural. Uh, you know, uh, rendition here. I, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so you've really been at the, at the center of, uh, the industry and, you know, so tell us a little bit about how, uh, this, this came to be and, uh, you know, what the potential is for, for CBD, because I, I just think that, you know, if you look at the past decade, uh, you know, this is, I think one of the most exciting innovations in the nutraceutical field. You know, we look for like the big, the big, you know, the next big thing, you know, is it uh, CoQ10 yep. or is it, uh, you know, curcumin? Uh, but this is, a you know, an entirely new category, which is extremely exciting. So so give us some background. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, thank you. I've been um, with CB Sciences plus CBD since uh, early in 2015. So uh, a little over eight years and it's been quite the journey. So initially, um, when we first started the, uh, the company and started working with hemp and hemp extracts, um, most of the, the first few years was really just educating folks on, on hemp, um, the cofactors in the plant and that, um, really targeting CBD specifically gave you a lot, 
if not most of the medical benefits, right, of the cannabis plant without of the, the THC and the unwanted effects of, of consuming that cannabinoid. So initially, there was a lot of stigma around CBD and associated, you know, directly with, with marijuana plants, etc. So that was the first couple of years was bringing some legitimacy to the ingredient, uh, the safety profile, the intended use, um, and the broad application of, of the active ingredient of cannabidiol. Um, so that was initially what um, the company's kind of ethos was. Uh, secondarily, it was how do you deliver uh, a quality product that's manufactured um, in a rigorous and quality way? So most of the founders, myself included, the company really took a, a really hard look about the ingredient, knowing there was some stigma attached to it and wanted to um, produce a product line and a set of, of SKUs that were marketed responsibly, were truly a dietary supplement in terms of packaging, um, dosing, supplementation, and, and not getting over our skis in terms of, you know, out-of-the-box, robust claims uh, that were unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of, of the challenge, right? You have to be, you know, to comply and market a product effectively and well, you basically need to kind of coach and educate folks on the system, the endocannabinoid system, um, that is uh, two two receptors in the body, as you all know, CB1 and CB2. CB1, the most predominant receptor in, in the brain. Um, so there's targets all over the body for these compounds. Um, and initially, when you talk to folks about, you know, the broad applications, it was, you know, people would kind of take a pause and say, well, okay, it helps with, you know, a little bit of stress, some pain, you know, some sleeplessness, things of that nature. You know, how does this one compound do all these things? And, you know, come to find out, all these things because pretty much you have uh, receptor sites over your entire body that speak to uh, cannabidiol and other compounds like it. Um, so initially, that was that was our, our plight and our mission. You know, responsibly and ethically bring hemp CBD to the masses, educate them on how it works, what's the intended use, why it works, um, and then really just getting some trust uh, around us as a company. Um, and really just how to incorporate these products into your into your daily life and wellness routine. Well, as, as consumers know, there, there's a plethora of opportunities to obtain CBD or hemp-derived products. I mean, you go to a nutritionally oriented pharmacy or health food store and there's all these products. I mean, you can go to a gas station these days in the Midwest and get a CBD oh, yeah. product. Uh, and one of the reasons that I decided to partner with uh, your company, uh, CV Sciences, is because I thought that it was large uh, responsible, science-based, and very attentive to the details, but also that it offers a, a, a broad range of products, you know, a real array of products, because it's, it really yeah. is different strokes for different folks. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's, um, you know, it's been a blessing for us. We have such a diverse mix of products for a variety of, uh, of users and, and end users. Um, that's also a little bit of a challenge too, right? When you have, you know, 40 or 50 products that all contain cannabidiol, I mean, it's tough to really kind of fine tune the focus for a new customer um, or even folks who use maybe a certain product successfully for years. And we introduce a new SKU, our new product, which we'll be talking about today, a few of them. Um, you know, where does that fit in their existing regimen? Or if a new customer is coming onto the website, you know, where do they even start to um, make sense of the different offerings and what to take for what uh, need state or condition. So um, that, that's a little bit of what we're, we're going to try and accomplish today, yeah. because uh, I think that that, exactly. that can be a challenge. You know, let's say there's my and yeah, I want to get a CV science product. Uh, where do you start? Uh, and, you know, how do you navigate yourself 
through the options. But you also wanted to talk about another important point, which is uh, regulatory. Uh, disappointingly, and you know, yeah. I know that the supplement industry uh, is really working hard to push back on uh, unnecessary, burdensome regulation. And uh, when it comes to CBD, uh, there, there are forces afoot uh, who want to uh, make it a prescription. Uh, you know, there's actually some very, very high potency CBD formulas that are used in very niche medical conditions uh, like childhood mm-hmm. epilepsy. Uh, and uh, in effect, they would like to corner the market on uh, purified CBD and uh, limit access to over-the-counter CBD. Yeah, that's exactly how this whole um, kind of stalemate with FDA started. Um, you know, pretty much what, seven, eight years ago, the, the drug you mentioned, Epidiolex by GW Pharmaceuticals, is yes, that. It's a plant-derived uh, CBD product, almost pure, 99%. Uh, and to your point, delivered at hundreds, if not thousands of milligrams uh, for intractable epilepsy uh, in children. So because this was already a compound that was approved as a drug, there's um, a little clause in there to protect protect drug development interest and investments with the FDA um, that says if a compound is already approved as a drug and has been marketed as such, you cannot go market that same compound in a dietary supplement food, et cetera. So that's why FDA's been kind of on the sideline. They're hearkening back to this investigational new drug clause and saying, if that is indeed true, CBD cannot exist in these other forms and marketed as a supplement, food, et cetera. Um, that's kind of an old antiquated, uh, you know, I guess, rationale or justification. Um, a lot of it is meant to really protect the, protect the drug companies. The difference here is that folks selling supplements like us, we're not really trying to um, encroach on any of the right the um, the conditions or the use cases for you know intractable epilepsy, or they have one for MS spasticity uh, that's approved in Canada. I mean, this we're not this is not the same product for the same customer at all. Because it's, so it's, it's not a disease specific you know indication. It's more <laughs> exactly. these are sort of uh, lifestyle products, uh, you know, with mild action. Uh, that are, re- I think, for a lot of people, have become an essential element of self-care uh, and a benign oh, and beneficial element of self-care because you know conditions like uh, you know sleep issues, uh, mild stress, uh, pain yep. conditions. These are ubiquitous conditions, and um, you know I think it's great to enable people to use as an alternative to some of these powerful drugs, which really have a lot of side effects and are potentially addictive. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, that's what we were even seeing, um, you know, across states with more, uh, I guess, cannabis friendly laws that have been passed. You know, you look at, um, you know, opiates and, and other prescription meds in these states and scripts have fallen dramatically. Uh, people are using less of these uh, pharmaceuticals because they have access to, let's say, hemp derived CBD or even low grade medical marijuana. Um, and yes, they are, you know, experiencing some relief um, from some of the challenges that they're, they commonly uh, deal with. Uh, but that, that, so going back to the FDA, I think um, in terms of complicating hemp-derived CBD and what's appropriate, what isn't, is it legal, where is it legal, why does the FDA say this is not a supplement or an approved uh, ingredient for dietary supplements? Um, it just it muddies the waters and it really causes more confusion for you know true natural health and wellness folks who want to incorporate these very very safe extracts. To your point, Dr. Hoffman, and their and their wellness regimen. 
So um, we have this paradoxical situation yeah. where pot is legal in so many states and they yeah. want to make it legal, you know, federally. <laughs> and yet uh, they may want to limit access on health food store shelves. Uh, I think that this is the basis for uh, some citizen activism to preserve our access to these quality oh, products. 100 percent. And and one interesting thing that, um, it, you know, if you're not too ingrained in the industry, the category, et cetera, I may not be aware of. You also have another side at play here, right? So FDA is kind of sitting on the side, protecting some drug interests, probably doesn't have the manpower to really police um, the ingredient yep. yet. So they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to stand on the sideline temporarily. But you also have another angle that's working here, which is some of these marijuana, uh, recreational and medical marijuana states. There's a pretty big push from the marijuana lobby. Mm-hmm. Mm. to really limit any of these products. And the only place you buy cannabis, CBD or THC, is going to be in a, a pot shop, to your point. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple things at play here. Um, none of them good. Um, all of them a little bit self-serving. Um, and that's kind of where we're at uh, still, after well, you know eight years of launching this <laughs> this, fun, this product line and selling it very successfully. Yeah. Funny, funny that you should mention this, but I just saw an amazing statistic, is that uh, the pot industry... Uh, has become so monolithic that it's actually surpassed the uh, alcohol industry uh, in terms of the size of the industry. This just they just passed that threshold. They're second only to the tobacco industry in terms of. I mean, we're talking multi billions, oh, yeah. hundreds of billions of dollars. Oh yeah. So uh, and it, and there's also another element to this, which is a lot of the um, uh, pot dispensaries uh, are sources of of state revenue. Uh, and so there's yep. really partnership between government <laughs> and dispensers and state. Yeah. And states. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's another point you bring up. So, so the FDA federally, right, is sitting on the sideline. Now what we're finding, uh, because of the lack of FDA guidance is you're seeing a lot of state bills and pieces of legislature being passed, um, in an attempt to regulate this. And you're seeing a very, very uh, similar thing. Like you mentioned, you're seeing, you know, folks with very pure intentions, um, setting some labeling and packaging guidelines, which we think are appropriate, right? No medical claims, um, you know, warnings not to be used over the age of 18 or 21. So some good stuff that's in the, some of these state roles. But then you also have um, similar in, the, in some of these states with marijuana lobbyists uh, doing the same kind of work, trying to restrict, you know, any even a trace amount of mm. THC in any of these products. We're mm. talking, you know, 200 parts per million, like 0.01 milligrams in a soft gel. They're passing legislation that says, hey, your your entire pack of, uh, say, a 60-count soft gel can't have more than 2 milligrams of THC in the entire package. Wow. Which, if you're using just a natural way to extract CBD from a hemp plant... It's virtually impossible. Now, you get way, way, way under the legal limit of THC, but 60 soft gels, right, at 0.01... Yep. milligrams or you know you're going to get to pretty much about three or four milligrams in that bottle and then even just normal very 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 low dose products are now being positioned as potentially off limits in these states so it's, it's interesting what's happening from a federal level and certainly this patchwork uh legislation that's popping up in states is all further complicating the uh the matter so 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 we have a two-tiered a audience here we we have uh people who are you know we're we're preaching to the choir, you know, regular CBD users. And, you know, we want to guide them in terms of their potential choices of the ideal product for them. Uh, they have a lot of buy-in. But we also have some people who are sitting on the sidelines. They're a little reluctant because, you know, they've heard about the ravages mm-hmm. of marijuana. 
and they know that uh, the hemp plant is a, a related plant. You know, it's a different, uh, I guess, yeah. uh, subspecies of cannabis sativa. So there's a concern, you know, is this going to be A, is it addictive? B, will it impair me? Uh, and, you know, are there any adverse effects? And I think that CV Sciences has really led the industry in uh, performing uh, safety assessments uh, uh, to, oh, yes. to, to evaluate this. Yeah, so 100%. So we are the, the first company to take our actual ingredient, the hemp extract we use in our products, through the uh, generally recognized as safe, grass self-affirmation process so this is um and that and that's common that's not a, just a play on words that's yeah. g-r-a-s is a category that allows <laughs> you to put something into a food or take it over the counter yeah it just generally exactly so so if you any anything that's kind of a right so the fda says this is kind of an unapproved ingredient so what you do when the fda says that is you say let me tell you how safe this stuff is for the intended audience anywhere from a two-year-old to a hundred-year-old so we took the extract took us about two to three years to get all of the toxicology data um, done. We would do the same thing with a, a pharmaceutical drug, um, you know, obviously new ingredients for supplements, even additives and other um, thing, preservatives, for example. Anything you want to feed a human uh, needs to be basically established as, as safe first before it's effective. So before we you wanted to establish how effective our products were, we first wanted to say, hey, they were safe for the intended use. So that took us from about 2000, 14, 15, all the way to 2017, 18 to actually get done. Um, we submitted the work. It's published in the Journal of Toxicology. Um, and all of this, the, you know, the 200-page dossier, basically, has been submitted to the FDA as well for them to read through and understand there's a lot of safety data, um, certainly from us and even other folks um, on the compound. Um, and some of the things that people have heard, you know, there's some potential, some liver toxicity at high doses, things like that. And pretty much all um, sperm motility issues in, in males, um, all of those are pretty much kind of snubbed and put to rest with this uh, this dossier we submitted. Right. So um, extremely safe, yes. And in, Our in terms CBD. of now the gas station CBD, like you mentioned earlier, maybe yeah. stay away from the gas station CBD. Exactly. <laughs> kind of point there. You know, yeah. And that that is a concern because something that has such a buzz around it, uh, you know, it, it may be offered in forms that are uh, adulterated, you know, forms that, you know, don't deliver, mm -hmm. uh, you know, any meaningful amounts of CBD uh, or forms that uh, uh, may contain certain toxins, you know, impurities or even uh, harmful additives. So that's why I think it's yeah. important to get with a reputable company when you're going to do this because, you know, you only have so many bites at the apple. And I think some people have taken CBD and they go, eh, no big whoop. And that the problem is they've taken a poor quality product. So they, you know, they, in effect, those, oh, yeah. those poor quality yeah. products have poisoned the well for acceptance of products that are more uh, well uh, researched and developed as your products are. Oh, no, 100%. And that's been um, a challenge, to your point, uh, really for the whole category. Um, well, we had, a, we had a large flood of CBD brands hit the market in 2019. So up until that 2018 Farm Bill passed, that completely federally removed hemp and CBD from the Controlled Substance Act. And we'll go, I'll bore you with the details, but um, there was basically, as of December of 2018, so really starting 2019, uh, federally, the hemp plant was liberated and allowed to be worked with, grown, extracted, etc. So what you saw was a, a large glut, if you will, of hemp CBD ingredient just hit the market. Um, 
anyone, heck, even you know, Dr. Hoffman could could have went and purchased just some bulk CBD somewhere, right? Whipped it up into a tincture, put it in a gummy, and you know, had Dr. Hoffman special size. Yeah, right? and you would have came up with a better name than that, but still, um, <laughs> that it would basically within three months you could have a product from uh, ideation phase to market. So you saw thousands of brands push into the market, all of them just looking to grab, you know, the uh, I guess the the green rush, if you will. Um, and it really hurt the category. It hurt consumer confidence. Um, even our brick and mortar retailers, retailers who thought they were doing, um, you know, their consumer base a solid by stocking a lot of products. Um, some of them inferior, some not meeting label claim to your point, really hurt their category sales as well. They figured, hey, more options, more sales, but it, it confused customers. They go in there to, you know, a wall of, you know, 70 SKUs on a shelf and not even know where to start. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you couple that with some um, subpar manufacturing, uh, not really you know, adulterated products, not meeting label claim. And then, yeah, it was a perfect kind of recipe for people to give pause, have one bad experience and say, yeah, that hemp CBD stuff is uh, really not what it's cracked up to be. So how do, how do we distinguish well, between the effects of marijuana and the effects of hemp derived CBD products? Uh, because you know, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, you know, mar- by the way, and marijuana is is touted for certain things. It, it can be helpful for pain. Uh, it it can oh, be yeah. helpful for uh, some people believe it may be helpful for PTSD, although it's controversial. Uh, it yeah. is an appetite stimulant, so for people undergoing chemotherapy, it may be beneficial. Uh, and you know, yeah. it, it, there are a lot of medical conditions for which. Uh, you can get access to it through a medical dispensary, but CBD over the counter, yep. how, how is it different? What are different. some of the, you know, uh, benefits and so, yeah, the, kind of the benefits and, and yeah, hundred percent. So really when you d- distinguish between the two plants, um, both cannabis, hemp and marijuana, um, they're really just qualitatively or, you know, different. So hemp, very, very high in CBD, very, very low in THC. Marijuana, the complete inverse, especially marijuana nowadays. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of the CBD is being bred out of these marijuana plants where you have copious amounts of THC with barely any CBD. Mm-hmm. So um, the two compounds, CBD and THC, like you mentioned, THC is probably more well-researched because you know we have decades and decades of research um, about how it's being applied. CBD, newer in terms of research, um, but the man, the benefits and the applications are, are much larger and a much larger swath. So let's just talk real quickly about um, kind of mechanism of action. So CB1, as I mentioned, is the most abundant receptor in the brain. And it is a direct, uh, THC interacts directly with CB1. So it's a lock and key that fits perfect. That's why when people ingest THC, it's, you know, the, the effects you can feel them, right? Within 30 minutes to an hour, um, if you're in, inhaling THC, pretty much immediately. Um, so there's really, it's, it's a different mechanism of action. So that hits your CB1 receptor, you immediately feel the effect to your point, whether it's stimulating your appetite, um, making you stone if that's what you're going after, etc. cetera. Um, CB, CBD is an allosteric modulator of CB1. So it doesn't really lock into CB1. What it does is it affects the size and the shape of CB1 so that your endogenous cannabinoids that your body makes, mm-hmm. right? You have, so you have 2-AG and anandamide. Those are the two most common um, endogenous cannabinoids that you make. Anandamide is Sanskrit for bliss. Bliss, that bliss compound that's in the brain, 
really degrades quickly. So, you know, let's say you're taking a nice run. You have a runner's high after you're feeling good that, that your anandamide that your body makes mm-hmm. is kind of on an uptick there. Upregulated, you get more of it. You feel great. Someone gives you a great compliment, or you know, you get a hug from a loved one. Or you feel good. You a piece of That's your anandamide. Chocolate, I understand, uh, <laughs> exactly. elicits anandamides, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So what CBD does is it basically keeps your own endogenous cannabinoids alive in the brain and the body longer. Mm-hmm. So you basically are using what your body produces and sustaining those in in higher levels, and that's why people feel right a little bit more at ease, right? Less stress. Um, right, and you have these other ancillary and tertiary benefits because you're, you're basically using your own supply of endocannabinoids mm-hmm. more effectively by taking hemp CBD. That, and that so that's like kind a, of the actually a more right? of a wholesome yeah. uh, uh, mechanism of action because it suggests that it's not some exogenous substance that overjazzes yeah. the receptors, but it sort of upregulates your own endogenous production, your, your own mm-hmm. uh, natural, and, and since it mimics. Uh, natural compounds, which your body uses to alleviate uh, uh, stress and pain uh, and convey yeah, a certain sense exactly. of well-being, uh, this is uh, what makes it so plausible as a as a nutraceutical. And, and that's then that's why you know there's such a, a large variety of, of applications and usage, right? I mean, what we just mentioned now, I mean, it definitely you know down regulates opi- opioid receptors, so people are on opioids take less of them mm. if they're using hemp CBD. This is well studied and there, there's, you know, on PubMed, you can Google that or search it on PubMed. You'll see a bunch of articles about that. And, and by the way, um, that's GABA, so that suggests right? that it's not yeah. like contraindicated. If you're on pain meds, you, if you take this, this won't put you into a coma or something because it's such a powerful synergy. Oh, it, 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 exactly. Um, and that's what we're finding. And that this is, you know, in obviously just, you know, anecdotally we hear it, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, clinical studies on it. Um, and even we, you know, we do a lot with um, kind of health and wellness and alternative medicine um, customers and, you know, practitioners, and they report the exact same things. You know, mm-hmm. those folks that are taking three to four to six yeah. opioids a day, you know, are down to one after two months yeah. of, of supplementation with hemp-derived CBD. Um, and, and I actually so. had a patient, I work a lot with uh, patients with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, and I had a patient who uh, oh, was yeah. absolutely enamored of CBD. Uh, because he says the only thing that uh, reduced his uh, abdominal pain, uh, you know, much more effectively than, you know, some of the stronger pain relievers. It's just, and because it, it worked locally, you know, he took it orally and it went into the, yeah. the uh, GI tract. So yeah, it, it, has, yeah. it certainly has applications. Um, you know, I'll share that, that I personally take uh, CBD at night. Uh, I also take uh, your product, uh, your relief product, because I work out and I have, DOMS to late onset muscle pain. And I find it helpful yeah. in alleviating uh, muscle discomfort and allowing me more uh, productive workouts because sometimes you're really beat the next day and you want to squeeze in another workout, but your body doesn't uh, allow you to do so, especially past a certain age. And I think the relief product uh, is very helpful for that. So what I want to do in part two so, is, you know, uh, just see, because yeah. there's such an array of products, you know, we can talk theory, but I think a lot of people want to know, Okay, uh, I go to uh, pluscbdoil.com and I see a wealth of products. And, uh, you know, how do I pick through some of the options? So perhaps we can talk about the product, uh, the different products, and maybe um, yeah. uh, share some criteria. I'd, I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd love to, uh, yeah, walk, walk through the, uh, the major product lines to kind of describe the difference um, to help, you know, customers and listeners, yeah, make sense of it. Definitely, there's a 
lot of variety and, and I can definitely fine tune the focus uh, and make it a little bit less daunting. Good. So for sure. Okay, so and and by the way, there's a special offer here. Uh, uh, CV Sciences has been generous enough to uh, create a special offer for our intelligent medicine listeners. Uh, you can go to pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman, and if you use coupon code Hoffman30, uh, you can try uh, a Plus CBD product for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Use coupon code Hoffman30. We'll be back in just a moment for part two of today's discussion about hemp-derived products with Jesse Karajanis. He's uh, Senior VP for CV Sciences, makers of Plus CBD Oil. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 